You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Welcome to this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing on with another incredible guest and actually a very good friend of mine. Uh, The show today, we have Colleen Gallagher. She is an intuitive business and personal development consultant. She's a published author of over three books and also is a top 200 podcast host in spirituality. She has over 28 online courses, multiple products. She's been in 42 countries. She's a cancer survivor. I mean, she just embodies the idea of reaching for things that are bigger than yourself and pushing yourself to the limits and living a life of abundance. So welcome to the show, Colleen. How are you? I'm so good. Thanks for having me, Noah. And I'm so grateful to be here co-creating this conversation. Absolutely. So outside of that bio, um, you know, there's a long string of accomplishments and things that, you know, you've pushed forward to just fruition, but give a little bit of just insight into who you are as a person outside of that. Yeah, I you know, I really believe in creating a lifestyle you love. So there was, you know, a moment in my life when I had cancer, which brought me to this awakening of, I wanted to be a whole person. I wanted to be whatever that I was doing for my living was actually who I was. So ironically, there's not too many differences between what you see and who I really am, but I'd say probably some things that people don't know is definitely more intuitive, sensitive, and creative than, maybe there's like business or spiritual side that people see and definitely like my biggest values in life are adventure, truth, and freedom. Beautiful. I love hearing all that. And so as this is the big possible show, um, one of the things we always love to start with is a story. And we'd love to start that story around something, a time that you were reaching for something. Uh, Maybe you had to take a big risk and you didn't know if it was possible for you to come out the other side. But tell us that story, paint us the picture of what was going through your head at the time and how did you prevail? Yeah, so there's a couple, but I think that the one that's most monumental, that's important for, like you said, when you see me, you're like, holy shit, this girl has, you know, so many accomplishments and she's so young, like, what the heck? Um, I worked for a $23 billion company and I was making, you know, six figures a year. And I closed my largest sales deal at the time, $800,000. And I came home and I crashed on my blue couch. And more than anything in the world, I just said, like, God, I can't keep doing this. Like, there has to be more. And I asked my company if I could live international with them. Um, I mean, not my company, the company I work for. I could live international with them. And they said it would take five years that I'd be 28. I asked when I was 23. And I was like, I cannot wait five years of my life to live international. I just can't do it. And so I didn't know any of the terminology of like a download or an idea or spirit guides. Like I had no idea, but I heard this voice that said, go up and grab your laptop and Google visas. And even though I'd already traveled to like 20 something countries at the time, I only did it for like pleasure or with academia. I never thought that you could actually live international because I thought like since America made it so hard, it's like programmed into Americans' mind that everywhere else is just as hard. So I go up and I Google visas and I see that New Zealand and Australia had a one year, 20 or $25 visa. I was like, 
what? And so I literally applied right then and I got approved and I saved my money for three months and I was going to leave my corporate job, which by the way, had my health insurance, which by the way, America did not have pre-existing health conditions, right. As part of health insurance. When I was leaving, there was no guarantee when I came back, I could get health care. I had cancer. I was supposed to be on medication, a pill a day for the rest of my life. And when I wanted to get pregnant, it was going to be challenging for me. So I had like these really, um, I don't know, deep things that came up. That was like a big risk. And it's like, oh my God, if I move across the world where I know nobody by myself, like, what if I don't find another job? What if it doesn't work out? What if I completely screw this up? And I had panic attacks every single day for 90 days. And I remember like getting on that plane to New Zealand and I had like those two little plain bottles of Chardonnay and I'm not suggesting that for anyone, but I'm just not being honest. And I fell asleep and I got there and I had like my recruiting agency set, like a recruiting agency set up and I got a job within four weeks. That was six figures in New Zealand. And it was just like this experience that was like nothing else. And that was the first time I like fully manifested something thing. Um, and it was just wild. So that's probably still to this day, even if you look at like the hundreds of thousands of dollars, even if you look at like products, like that was the biggest risk because that was the beginning. That was like the first step out of the matrix. Yeah. And you know, that's something about that, that moment when you're seeing the uncertainty on the edge of the horizon, and this is the first time you're doing it, it's really, you know, nerve wracking, you know, and even if you're familiar with that process of taking a leap of putting yourself out there and believing that things are going to work out, it's, it's always unsettling. And so what are some of the things that you found, you know, through that process, and maybe later in life that you've, that you've learned to maybe even enjoy the act of taking risks? Yeah, you know, I, I definitely, it was programmed into me when I was in college, there was a guy, Dr. Butts, and he would always say, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I think that was so ingrained in me. And I got to travel to a lot of places really young. And I got to like, learn that. And I was an only child, but I do think I do know, I shouldn't even say, I know in business or just in your life, like if you don't take risk, you're never going to know. And even what inspired me to my thing to New Zealand, when I would be like having panic attacks, like, oh my God, am I screwing this all up? And I would call all my friends and ask them all 50 million questions. I was, I was like horrible for 90 days. Like all of my friends were like, please stop calling me. You know what I'm saying? Like it was so mm -hmm. bad, but I learned and what I kept saying to myself is if I die, would I be okay with not taking this risk? And the answer was always no. I don't really have to go that severe. I anymore. Like, it's more like, is this just what I desire or want that I'm just doing it? Like, you know, I've never, I don't have to go into that severity anymore, but I think that when you are first starting, you do have to take a good look in the mirror and say like, if I was to die, because every day isn't guaranteed, would I be okay with this? What is this lifestyle that I'm living is the people that I'm around are my connections or my relationships is the money in my account. Is that okay? And I'm okay. Am I okay doing that? And it doesn't matter if you're in your twenties, like I was thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, I've had clients and everyone besides eighties or nineties, hundreds, but like I've had them all. And I think that it's never too late. And it really is that moment. You just have to look like, and, and when I, we're all going to face it. And would I be okay with not taking this one step? And then once you do that, you begin to kind of 
I invested in coaching and mentorship and I began to live my life much more by desire. So I didn't have to, like I said, do that. Yeah. It's so, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's that, you know, this, this conveyor belt of life that we're on, there's no pause button. There's no like, you know, let me go around one more time around the loop. It, there's a, there's a constant flow to one destination and you know, that's it. And so we only really have that one shot. And if we really do think about what's important and then find the courage to make it happen, then you're going to have so much more clarity and courage for the few things in your future. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, the, you know, the things that you're, that you're writing about, especially when it comes to, you know, helping other people. Um, because I think like, this is, this is something I see in your newsletter all the time is about how to, how to literally just be happy with the, the, the vision that you're creating in your life. And, you know, with the, the, the myriad of people that you've, that you've coached, that you've helped, what are some of the things that you've found, um, especially helpful for people to flip that switch from being discontent with the path that they're in their life to actually enjoying the process that they're on? Yeah. So I would say it's my first book, Live Your Truth. <laughs> that would be the one is from disconnection to connection, which is kind of what you said of what who is calling outside of this. And even, you know, most corporations, they have that Gallup study, like that disprofiling. Um, and this profiling, if you guys don't know, it's just like this personality test you do. And it says like who you are and then who do you adapt to at work? And it says the bigger your gap is of who you actually are and then who you adapt to, the more unhappy you are. Mm. And so to me, what I've experienced, and it's like what you said, like, really, I am who you see I am. Like, there's there's not like a lot of differences in who I am in the online world versus like when you meet me. I mean, maybe like my, what's it called? Like my relationships, I'm not like going out there and saying everything about them. But the reality is like what I talk about is really what's happening. And so I think the biggest thing is you just have to accept who it is you really are. We're afraid to accept our desires. Like I wanted to live international and they said it would take five years. I don't need to wait five years. We're afraid to accept, like, I want that and I want it now. And I'm not willing to wait. And when you begin to simplify that desire from your heart and then like the chatter in your mind and you just become whole, that is what guides you into creating a life you love with new people. And I think people have this notion, which is really bizarre to me that somehow like the universe, like they're just going to say things and say things, the universe is going to deliver something. But the truth is like, you have to lead yourself. You go first and the universe follows. And a lot of us who are frustrated at life right now, or who feel all the emotions that we all have felt it's because of lack of leadership and no, there's no leader that like a bunch of followers are right here. And then a leader just emerges. It's always a leader. And then the followers come. So if you're listening to this, you have to go first and it's not always easy. It's not always fun. You have to be the good guy when there's a lot of bad guys or woman, bad girl, whatever, but you need to do that. And you go first with your truth and then the universe will follow. And I, I yeah, that's what I'd say. So beautiful. It reminds me of Krishnama. Uh, there's, there's a, a thing about becoming in there that he writes where it's like, if you are so focused on becoming something, you know, it's, it's hard to appreciate the actual person that you are. So instead, what you do is you just become aware of the things that you do that you're doing on a day to day basis and step into that role without trying to become anything. And it's, yeah, it's, it's reassuring when you have that knowledge that you're already ready to step mm -hmm. into the role that you envision. And, uh, yeah. and then yeah, 
the universe starts to follow. Love that. Um, and I think one thing I, sorry, I want to add on that, like a practical step of what you said at the becoming for people listening to this is like, one thing I do our principle is like just 1% better every day. So did I work out when I had anxiety or when I had whatever you were experiencing or when there was drama, was I 1% better in the way that I handled it? Was I 1% not as dramatic emotionally more? Well, did I do the extra push on the workout? Did I get off social media? Did I do the posts? Like those are things that I think are important or like register my business, get the domain 1% better every day. And that's 365% in a whole year. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes. So I, I'd like to speak a little bit more on some advanced kind of businessy type stuff, uh, sure. mainly around this concept of leverage, because that's something that, you know, obviously you have in your coaching, teaching people how to leverage their audience to, to build massive income, all of these kind of things. So maybe if you want to just give us some, um, I'll, I'll kind of leave it an open slate for how do you build more leverage in your life to whether that's enterprise connections, knowledge to, to start bending the matrix and, and having the universe kind of bring abundance towards you. Totally. So I have a really good blog on this, but I'll kind of sum it up where it talks about how to take one product or service and leverage it at multiple price points. So, right. It's easy to look at my business now when I you have 28 online courses. I have so many social media platforms, podcasts, book, like there it's, a, it really is like a mini empire. In a lot of ways, I have a system that it works for itself of like, it, it just always goes. But what I'd say, if you want to take like an example, my, my first book, live your truth. Right. So when I had this, when it came out in 2018, it was self-published and I had a free ebook. So I would take the five steps. It wasn't that book of how to live your truth. There's five steps to it. You had a free five page PDF. So I would get capture email and they would, you know, get that. The next thing you could actually buy the book, right? From me or Amazon. The third thing was I have a six week online course. It's called how to create your fairy tale life, which I'm ironically launching live right now. <laughs> but anyway, that, that was like, I don't know, $97 maybe. And it was 18 recorded modules, 18 workbooks, like six one-on-one calls. It was so crazy. I was just so excited for someone to like enroll. And then the next thing, or, or sorry, self-study. The next thing was that you got it live with me. And that was like, I don't know, $500 or something like this. And the next thing was a three-day retreat, in-person retreat with me, all on the same content, but multiple price points. And so now my business is a little bit different because I have multiple product lines. So we have like my live your truth. We have my academia. We have my uncompromised life, which is my third book. We have my podcast. We have like relationships, digital marketing. Um, it's, it's like a different, it's a totally different way now. Um, but what I'd say is you want to just start with one. And I always say, you want to look at what's your mess, whatever your mess was in your life. And usually your mess is like what you're obsessed with. Like for me, I've always been obsessed with relationships and fairy tales. I really just have, it's, it's like, even if I can't, I can't not think about it. Like, if you ask me like what my friends are all texting me about, or like, what's my phone, it's relationships. Like it really is like, no one I talked a lot about relationships. Like I'm, I love relationships. Like I just am obsessed with love. I really am. And so I could talk about it all day long. I could listen to it all day long. And then relationships carry over to business. It's the same thing. And if you, people come to me for business, but we have to go, okay, if you don't know how to have relationships in business, it's because you obviously are intimate with yourself. So let's start there. Let's start with relationships. And then it carries over to business. And that's just how it started. And so you want to look like, what is that thing? And if you need ideas, I always say like, open your YouTube and see what's on YouTube. Look at the last five texts. What are you talking about? Look at your phone calls. Like what is your Google searches? Like 
if you just write those things down on a piece of paper, you're going to have a pretty idea, like a good idea of like, okay, wow, I seem to talk about this a lot. That would be where your messages are, what you're meant to offer into the world. Ooh, I, you know, I really love that, that model of, of saying, how do I, how do I take a core offer and then break it up into different price points that have different value sets and, and, you know, and you package it differently. So there's like an instant access, there's in-person access, there's, you know, one-on-one virtual access. And so it's like really defining the value based on how much access they get to you. Like at the book, they don't actually have to borrow your time. They just get the product when they're doing the one-on-one, obviously that's a more expensive product. And it's, it's really, I think, applicable to just about any service, any, uh, any product, you can really think about how to break it down into these different pieces. Now, do you, do you start with the, uh, like the Tesla model where you do the, the luxury high-end high-touch product first, or do you start at the, at the lower end, um, ease, more easily consumable, like the book, and then you work your way up towards the Towards the I'd more say, high touch. I'd say we really value at calling Gallagher International customer, like the customer service and customer interaction. So I can't really say because we really are so personalized to each person. Like it's still me, even though I have 70,000 between all my platforms that responds to every message at this point. Like it still is me. And like, um, obviously you always are, we have more people that, you know, download the podcast or get, you know, our lower end offers than higher end. But also like, I can't, I can't physically hold you know, 20 to 30 private one-on-one clients. So probably, I guess it would be more people are getting the books and the self-study or, you know, one or, or, or group courses with me, but yeah, that's probably what I'd say. But in, awesome. in a service based, like when it's just you as the, unless I hired like other coaches to do my philosophy, there would, there wouldn't be a way to really scale it in that way. Got it. Yeah. All right. So final question here, as we're, we're getting close to the time. Um, I always, we, we touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think we can, we can go a little deeper and this is, you know, the science behind decision-making. I think when we think about what, you know, our dreams are made out of, you know, making those dreams happen, they're, they're built on actions and actions are ultimately built on decisions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we approach our day, there's many different ways in which we can come up with ways to make a decision. Do you have things that you found particularly helpful, uh, like a decision-making framework or a, like a process guide that you do when you're facing either a small mundane day-to-day thing or even a big life-changing decision? And, so and biggest... just for caveat, no, follow the heart. That... <laughs> I know that's right. So no, I was gonna, I was, I wasn't say follow the heart, but I mean, one, I, I would say I really did live my life in a way, right. Where I, I like, no, it's like to be like, these are my expenses and this is what I have coming in. So I can't do this or I can't do that. Or I, I don't know. I would create all these crazy rules like this. And there was a really big switch in the question. If you're asking like my decision of if, if I'm going to do this, do I want to do this? the two questions really it is that simple is one, is this what my, my heart, do I desire this? It's not like a heart, but do, do I, does it out of desire, not out of need, not out of lack, not of like, this is the only thing that's possible for me because of whatever, like, do I really desire this? And that word desire is so important because when we live our life by desire, we become happier instead of like, I need to do this for a partner. I need to do this for uh, my business. I need to, whatever I need to do this. I need to do this because it got result. I need to do whatever so I can get this. Like that is not a fun way to live. 
It's like, what if I just believed I can have it all? What if I just believed if everything I want and desire, I can have it. And if I did believe that, how would I act from like, what would I do right now? If I believe that, what would be my action? And that energy, the energy you take that action with is more important than the actually action you take. Mm. So that's like one, the second thing that I'd say that I, that I do, that I look at is I will also look at, okay, right now I have my PhD. I have my business. I have my personal life. And I'm like, okay, do I actually have the allocated time for this? And that's not a bad thing. And I go, okay, if I desire this, if it's a yes, but do I actually have the allocated time? Like right now, like I'd love to travel more, but the reality is I'm doing my dissertation. There's things I'm doing. I, I physically do not have the time to be able to produce what I need to produce. So sure. I may desire it, but then when I'm at the time, I'm not going to feel good and it's not going to bring me an alignment. So mm-hmm. those are like the two that I'd say I really go towards. And if it's an extreme example, where I'm like, Oh, I still have the mind chat or I'm not sure. Then I would say, okay, if I was to die, whatever, would I be okay with this decision? But that's, I very rarely ever get to that third question. It's really more like, is this a desire? You can feel it. You feel in your body, like, yes, no. And then, okay. If I desire that, what is the, you know, do I have the time? Yes, absolutely. And keep that desire flame burning as you go through the actions. And, you know, it's, it's just a smooth ride from there. So, and I want to add, sorry, when I say to, when I'm saying, do I have the time? I'm, I'm only speaking about, do I have the time? Once you are a producing person to your sole purpose, once you are producing person to your mission, if you're in a corporate job and you have kids and you have a husband, you're like, well, I don't have time to do my sole purpose. That is a bullshit excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm only speaking to that. Like, like I remember when I was in corporate, I got up at 3am. I was doing yoga. I had my work. I got done. Like that was like no sleep for like four or five months, like maybe four hours, like very minimal on the weekend. You'd like binge sleep. Like I'm not that is like, no, you got to suck it up and do the work so you can transition to the life you love. I'm only speaking to that decision-making once you are like, I'm living in so alignment with where I'm meant to be in the higher power. And like, I'm on my journey. That is only, I declare for that. That framework is only for this type of person. If you cannot say, I do not have the time if you're not living your sole purpose. So, you know, what's fascinating about it's, it's, it's about sacrifice, right? So you're looking at the bigger desire. If you're already fully vetted into you know, this main core desire, and you're full, full focused on this, and another sort of supplementary desire comes up, then that's when you're like, hold on, is this going to get in the way of my main thing? If it is, maybe I should just put that on the back burner and wait until I open up a little bit more bandwidth here. But yes, yeah. All right. So Colleen, this has been absolutely fantastic. Just so good to see you and reconnect. Uh, how do our listeners stay in touch with you? How do we support you and all of that good stuff? Yes. My website is ColleenGallagher.co. If you want to do that. And then any of my social media is just the Colleen Gallagher and same with my podcast. So this simple reach out, message me, DM me. I'm here for you. Don't be shy. I love connecting. I believe in these platforms and I know this life is possible for you too. Beautiful. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending the time and your energy. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.